Thank you, Lord. You may take your seats together. Let's come round the Lord's word this morning. Let's just pray as we do to settle our hearts. We come round God's word together this morning. Father, this morning, just those simple words at the end of that chorus, more than ever before, I need you. Lord, we want to love you like the way that you want us to love you. Lord, even this morning we confess before you, Lord, we, our lack of love for you, O oh God. Lord, we're asking that you would baptize us with Calvary's love. Lord, we sing and we sang that wonderful chorus. Lord, it is a prayer as much as it's a song. Lord, we want to love you more. Lord, we don't even know how we can do it unless by your Spirit that you fill us with your love. That love for you, O God, and that love for one another. O God, we are praying that you'd baptize your body with Calvary's love. Fill us all afresh, Lord, with the love of Christ. O God, this morning, We give you thanks for your presence in our midst. We thank you for, Lord, your help and your presence in the worship. We thank you for the testimony, the prayers around your table. We give you all the praise and all the glory for it this morning. And Lord, we just ask again as we come to your precious word that you would anoint us, Lord, both to preach, Lord, and to hear your word, O God. Father, we pray for your help this morning. We pray for the Spirit of God to come and open our ears Lord, to breathe upon the pages. Oh God, we said week in and week out, but Lord, it's not just a ritual in prayer. Lord, it's a deep need. We need your anointing. We need your help. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. So Lord, this morning, would you come? Would you speak to our hearts, oh God? Lord, would you prepare your church, oh God, for what you're doing in these days and what you're going to do even in the days ahead. Oh God, we ask in everything that your name will be glorified and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you turn to Revelation chapter 19, and then after that we'll be going over into Genesis chapter 24. So we're going to the end, and then we'll go back to the beginning. Revelation chapter 19, and then over into Genesis chapter 24, I believe will be in these passages over the next couple of weeks. But I want to speak this morning on getting ready for the marriage supper. Getting ready for the marriage supper. Revelation chapter 19, and we're going to read from verse 1. After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude 
and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Verse 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. The wife or the bride is prepared for the marriage supper. Now we know this morning that the bride of Christ is the church of Jesus Christ. And that church, the bride of Christ, those that are saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, that have the Spirit of God, are going to meet the Lord in the earth. Today in modern terms it is called the rapture of the church. Jesus will come in the clouds for his bride, the bride of Christ. And here we read in this verse that the bride has made herself ready. The bride has made herself ready. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 3, this word here, made herself, this phrase, made herself ready, is a phrase that you'll find throughout the scriptures. A couple of them I want to point out to you today in Matthew 3 and 3, as the prophets, uh, the prophet Isaiah had prophesied of John the Baptist coming in the wilderness. He said there, the voice of one crying in the wilderness And here's the same phrase, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. In other words, to announce the first coming of the Lord in his earthly ministry, John the Baptist declared that he was coming. But there had to be a preparation for that first coming. Now I want to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, we know that we are coming very close to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there needs to be a preparation. The King's coming. You hear me this morning? The King is coming. And there has to be a preparation for the King. In Mark chapter 14 and verse 13, we read there at the Passover meal, the Last Supper as it is known, We see the whole way through, God is a God of preparation. And he requires preparation. In Mark chapter 14 and verse 13, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and said unto them, Go ye into the city, and there ye shall meet a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the good man of the house, the master saith, Where is the guest chamber? Where shall I eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. And the Lord said, there make ready for us. In other words, I'm coming to that house, into that upper room. It has been ready for me, but you make sure it's prepared for my coming. 
And verse 16 says that the disciples went forth, came to the city, found it as he has said unto them, and they made ready. They prepared there the Passover because the Master was coming. And you'll find there's many other examples. I wanted to give you a couple. But you find here in God that God is a God of preparation. That God requires a people to be prepared. And more importantly, as we're living in these last days, that we are a people that prepare ourselves for the second coming of the Lord. You know, there's a, an, an old man, he's old now, but a dear brother in the Lord in, in mom and dad's church, Bobby Gray. And I remember him every Sunday morning, he used to say, ready or not, he's coming. You see, we got to be ready. Because the Lord is coming. You listen to me this morning. Saved and unsaved. Or maybe in between two opinions. Perhaps even someone trying to live one foot in the world. And one foot in the church. Listen very carefully to me this morning. Ready or not. The Lord is coming. And we have to be a people prepared for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is highly likely that the Lord will come in this generation. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be an awesome thing? Friends, listen to me this morning. Saints, this is not our home, remember. This is not our dwelling place. This is not our eternal place. We're going home. We're one day going to meet the Lord in the earth. And if we die in Christ, the Bible tells us that the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive shall be gathered together to meet the Lord in the earth. There is going to be a meeting in the earth. It's not fiction. It's not a story. It's not a fantasy. It's the reality this morning. There's going to be a meeting in the earth. And the whole thrust of the final moments of time is the preparation of that bride. You know, if if those have been married or all of us have been at weddings and been partakers of it, but there's all the preparation to make sure, I know the bridegroom's important, but really all the preparation and the focus is on that bride. And there's a chief bridesmaids normally, isn't that right? And she, her whole day is to make sure the hers right, the, the crown's right, the dress is right, the, the thing that goes out the back, I don't know what that is, but the, the, yes, that's it, the, that's right as well. And if it's caught in the step, you see the chief bridesmaid jumping about and everyone starts because that bride's going to come down that aisle and that bride has to look absolutely perfect and that bride's going to walk down that aisle of heaven and she's going to meet her lord that bridegroom and there is going to be a marriage supper of the lamb and friends that bride must get ready here now the preparation time is at this moment that we must be a people that are ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. And here John writes, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him for the marriage of the Lamb is come. But the wife, listen, the bride has made herself ready. Ready. Let me ask you this morning, friends, are you ready? Now let me really deal with this this morning. Are we prepared for the second coming of the Lord? I want to go to an Old Testament love story. Because that's what it's really all about. The Bible says, husbands, love your wife 
even as Christ loved the church, that's the bride. And what did he do? He gave himself for it. We're going to look at this story this morning to bring out the types, and they're wonderful types and shadows, but some spiritual principles of that preparation. If you turn over to Genesis chapter 24, we'll see here in particular in this story, I'll show you a true story, but they are types and shadows of where we are today. Genesis chapter 24, we're going to read from verse 1 through to verse 4. The Bible says, Genesis 24, And Abraham was old, well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had, But I pray thee thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth. And I shall not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But I shall go unto my country, unto my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And here we have in this story the four principal characters set before us that will make up, as it were, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Number one, we have Abraham, who is a type of, of God the Father. Number two, we have Isaac, who is a type of God the Son, Jesus Christ, the bridegroom. Number three, I'll introduce you to her in a moment if you don't know her. Her name's Rebecca, but she is a type and a shadow of the bride of Christ. That is you and I this morning that are bought with a price. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And here for a moment, we're going to look at the eldest servant of the house, because that is a type and a shadow of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost's primary purpose in these days, these last moments of time, is that the Holy Ghost is going to prepare the bride, that is the eldest servant, or in our modern day weddings, we see her as the, not the Holy Ghost, but we see the chief bridesmaid as she makes the preparation. But here, he, the Holy Ghost, will make that bride ready in order that she's fit to meet the bridegroom. You know, the father wants a bride for his son. And I'm going to tell you something what Jesus Christ deserves. He deserves a glorious bride. He deserves a bride without spot or wrinkle. He deserves a bride that is glorious, victorious, a bride that son deserves. And the father says to the eldest servant of the house, I want you to get a bride for my son. So here we see that Abraham sends the servant to search out a bride. The father is the one who sends the Holy Ghost. Remember, he is, it is the promise of the father, and that is the Holy Ghost, is the promise of the father. So here Abraham says to the eldest servant of his house, I want a bride for my son, and I'm going to send you into my kindred. I don't, I don't want you to go amongst the Canaanites, not amongst the world. Not amongst those that are in darkness. You're going to go to those that are of my own kindred. And you're going to gather unto me a bride for my son. Here we see the work of the Holy Ghost. I want you to see it this morning. In verse 2 we read that the eldest servant of the house ruled over all that the father had. In verse 10 of the same chapter, if you go down to it, you'll read. For all the goods of his master 
were in the hand of the eldest servant. Now this is so important when we grasp this this morning in the shadows and in the types. The responsibility of the entire household and all the treasures of the house were given to the eldest servant. Now we know in the new covenant that him who is responsible to bring all the revelations and all the glories of Jesus to a heart is the Holy Ghost. He's responsible for the entire house and all the treasures of that house. The treasure of the Father's house is Jesus. It's a person. It's not a thing. The treasure of the entire house of God is Jesus Christ and Him alone. I find the pearl of greatest price. My heart does sing for joy. That's Jesus. He is the everything. He's the riches of His grace. He's the fullness of His Spirit. He's the joy unspeakable. He's the glories of my God. It's all in Christ and Christ alone. And here we see the Holy Ghost is responsible His chief responsibility is not to speak of himself. He's not to introduce himself and say, I'm the eldest servant of the house of Abraham. I'm here sent by my father Abraham. And I'm here to reveal to you the glories of my God. And that's all in Christ Jesus. And John 16 and verse 14, a familiar verse here that we have talked about many times. We see the operation of, of the Holy Spirit, the third person of a triune God. John 16 and verse 14. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and he is going to show it unto you. So everything of all the glories of God, the riches of heaven, and all the goodness of Christ, and all the glories of Jesus, and healing, deliverance, salvation, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the joy, the forgiveness, the peace, everything of what we receive is all given to us by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Do you want a friend? revelation of the glories of Jesus this morning and so we need the power of the Holy Ghost to do that church we are not going to be able to do it just by theology and education and religion and all the apparatus of the church today we need the power of the Holy Ghost to show us the glories of Christ everything of who he is the wonder of Jesus The glories of Christ this morning. The riches of His glory in Christ Jesus is only possible. Let me encourage you, friend. If you're not educated, you don't need to be. It's by the Spirit of God. If you have no O-levels or A-levels, if you have nothing, if you left school with nothing, praise God this morning. You can know it by the power of the Holy Ghost, the fullness, the revelation of Jesus, everything of who He is this morning. As by the Spirit of God. Everything was committed into the hand of the eldest servant. He was responsible. Thank God that he gave us the Holy Ghost. I know people run from it. I know theologians have decided in their doctrine to write him out of the church. But friends, in this church, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. He brings the revelation of everything of who Jesus is. I may know the letter, but I must have the Spirit to make it alive. Do you understand this morning? We must know Him. So here He comes. 
He's going to glorify the Son. His purpose in common is to glorify the Son. He's going to take of what everything of what Christ has done on the cross for us. And he's going to bring the full revelation, the glories, the wonder of Calvary, what Christ did when he took our sin upon his own body, when he went into that grave, when he rose triumphant, when he defeated the grave, the devil, sin and death. Praise God this morning. Jesus Christ is glorious, highly exalted, and that revelation comes by the Holy Spirit. And may God give us that revelation. And so we see the whole purpose in Genesis 24 of the elder servant was to find a bride and make her ready for the married supper, the married supper of the Lamb. Now the servant is given specific instructions. In verse 3 of Genesis chapter 24, Abraham speaking to the eldest servant, I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that I shall not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but I shall go unto my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Now this is very important. I want you to listen. These are very basic principles, but... They're principles that will determine your eternity. So it's sobering this morning, and it's important you listen. He's instructed specifically where he would gather that bride from. Don't go on to the kindred that I'm a part of. Don't go on to the people that I'm a part of, the Canaanites. Go on to my own people. The wife must be taken from his own kindred. My friends, this morning, if you're saved, Ephesians deals a lot with this. And we'll look at a few verses if you turn over to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. But I'm thankful this morning that we're off the same kindred as Jesus. Now I want to show you how we are. Ephesians 2 and 12 tells us these words. That at the time ye were without Christ... Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in this world. Now verse 13 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off, are brought near by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you turn down to verse 19, Ephesians a wonderful book deals with all of this. Ephesians 2 and 19. Now therefore we are no more strangers, foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and we are off the household of God. Would somebody say amen? Are you getting this this morning? Friend, this is wonderful. You know, I talked to a dear brother a few years ago, a lovely brother in the Lord, goes to a, a, a particular denomination. But I was saying to him about, I can't remember who it was, but somebody had got saved. And I was saying, you know, we're delighted such and such got saved. And he says, that's wonderful. He says, have you got them sitting at the back on the seat of learning? I'm going to tell you something, friends. They're seated with Christ in heavenly places. There's no second class citizen in the kingdom of God. There's no first and there's no last because we're all purchased by the blood of the Lamb. We're all learning. Anybody not learning? 
Praise the Lord. Aren't we all learning this morning? Thank God we're all in the seat of learning. But praise the Lord that at the cross, at the cross, when we did see the light, it's a level playing field. There's no big people and no wee people. None encouraging this morning. And so we're seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 3 and verse 6. Look at this. This is a key verse. That the Gentiles, Ephesians 3 and 6, should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. What a gospel this is. What an amazing gospel this is. That we are fellow heirs and of the same body. So the Holy Ghost in these last days, listen carefully, is going to gather because this is going to happen. See what I'm talking about this morning. This is actually going to happen. In case you think this is just another sermon, but I pray, friends, this morning that it will penetrate some heart, but this is actually going to happen this morning. You need to listen. The Holy Ghost is going to gather a bride out of this world. It's not going to be just in the world. It's going to come out of the world. It's going to be a people that have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's going to be a people that are born of the Spirit of God. It's going to be a people that are separated unto God. They've come out from among them and they're separate. It's going to be a people that are sanctified by the Holy Ghost. It's going to be a people that walk with God and endure to the end. It's going to be a people that live by this word and not by what the word is on the streets or in politics. It's going to be a people that love Jesus with all of their hearts, not just with their lips, but with their hearts. And here we see the Holy Ghost is going to gather that bride and bring that bride off this earth of the same kindred as the Father. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory. Great things He's done. You see, it's simple this morning. I want you to listen carefully. It's simple. It's so simple. I want you to hear what happens when Christ comes. What happens when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound? What happens, friends? What happens at that moment of the glorious rapture of the church of Jesus Christ? What happens? Listen. In Romans 8 and 9, this is a key verse. Who actually goes? Is it everybody that attends a meeting? Is it everybody that sits in church buildings? Is it everyone that says, I'm a Christian? No, this is who goes. Romans 8 and 9. But you're not off the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. And if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. That's the key. This is really it, friends. Every person that has and possesses the Spirit of Christ When that trumpet sounds, at that moment, friends, listen to me, this is going to happen. Does the church actually believe this is going to happen? This is actually going to happen. At that moment, every person that is of his kindred, of the Spirit of Christ, at that very moment, not of your mommy saved, not of your daddy saved, but at that moment, every person with the Spirit of Christ will be lifted off this earth as the bride of Christ to meet the Lord in the air. We see the search of the eldest servant for the bride. You go back to Genesis 24, verse 10. Here he goes. He's sent with a mission 
to search out that bride for Isaac. In Genesis 24 and 10, it says, And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master, and he departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand. I just love that verse. All the goods of his master were in his hand. You know, when the Holy Ghost was given at Pentecost in that upper room, he came with all the riches of heaven. He came to bestow all those wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit, all the ministries, all the callings, all of those things. What were they for? For the perfecting of the saints, the edifying of the body of Christ. And he desired to bestow them right throughout the body of Christ through all the earth. What for? So that I can say that I've got a gift? No, friend. So that the perfecting of the saints, there was an edifying of the body, and it makes the body ready for the coming of the Lord. The bride has to make herself ready. Do we need the Holy Ghost? Is he welcome here, not just by saying it or singing it or praying it, but is he welcome in our hearts to do the work of preparation? The servant went with all the goods of his house. He arose, went to Mesopotamia, onto the city of Nahar, and he's coming to search out a bride. And he has all the goods of his house at the disposal of the Father to make the bride ready. How's God going to do it? Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost is going to do it. Everything of what we need, every aspect of every part, everything has already been provided in Calvary through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit, as the eldest servant, has all the goods of the house. We don't have to fear. We don't have to try and work a plan out. We don't have to try and get a method. We don't have to try and go into the world to find out what to do. The Holy Ghost is going to prepare that bride. And he's going to bestow into that bride all the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I believe this this morning. This is what Jesus deserves. It's not just what I want. But this is what Jesus deserves, a bride that is full of his glory and his power and all the gifts of the Spirit. Friends, do you not believe that Jesus deserves it? And here he comes to search out that bride. He's all the goods of the house at his disposal. Now look at verse 11. I want you to hear this again because this is so relevant in the day that we are living in. He made his camels to kneel down without the city. Without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening and the even, even the time that the women go down to draw the water. You see, it was late in the day. You listen to me this morning. Those who are not saved, those who are between two opinions, those are perhaps even backslidden in heart. Listen to me very carefully this morning. It's evening time. We are fastly and quickly approaching the second coming of the Lord. It's not the morning. It's not the afternoon. There's not loads of time left. We're at the evening time. We're late in the day. That's what it means. The time for playing games is over. The time for playing around with your soul is over. The time for playing around in the world is over. The time for self-pity is over. 
The time for he said, she said, they did, they done. Friends, I'm dealing with your soul and your eternity. It's over. Don't play games with your soul. He done, she done, they said, we said. Friends, it's time to get ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. He comes significantly to a well of water. The servant went to the well because there, that's where he knew that he'd find the bride. Where would you find the bride? You'd find her at the well. You'd find her at the well. It's significant because, friend, this morning, you're going to find the end time church, the remnant, whatever way you want to look at it, there's a whole lot of things that go under the banner of church, but that doesn't mean it is the church. There's a whole lot of goings on that goes on in the name of the church, but that does not mean that it is the church. I know I get in trouble for that, but that's the truth. The Holy Ghost is going to find that remnant. Where is he going to find him? He's going to find that remnant drinking at the wells of living water. They haven't forsaken the well. They haven't turned to the broken sisters. They haven't hewed out for themselves some type of religious activity. And there's loads of them. We'll dig our own well. And we'll hope we'll try and fill it in somehow. But see the true church of Jesus Christ. They're still drinking from a fountain that will never run dry. That's where you find them. They're still drinking at the wells of salvation. They're still drawn from the from the immeasurable Spirit of God in Christ and all the treasures of glory in Jesus Christ. That's where you'll find them and that's where the Holy Ghost is coming. Jeremiah the prophet said, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. They have hewed them out, cisterns, broken cisterns, and they can't hold anything. That's just religion, friends. We have... We're up to our necks in religion. We have it up to here. Broken cisterns, they don't hold the water. Here they come. Here we're introducing to you the bride. She's coming out of the city. It's the last hour. It's evening time. She knows she must go. Now she's leaving the city. She has her picture on her, on her shoulder. She's coming out. She knows it's late. What does the Bible say? We need to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. They knew it was a time to get their lives right, to get separated unto God, to get to the well of salvation, because it's evening time. Jesus is coming for a prepared people. Verse 14. Let's look at the bride for a moment. Genesis 24, verse 14. It came, let it come to pass. Now here's the servant saying, that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. She shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that, sh- that has appointed for my servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, behold, look at it, friends, here's the bride coming, Rebecca came out I believe God's speaking to someone this morning male or female but there's things you need to come out of 
Listen to me, there's things you need to come out of. God's speaking to your heart this morning. God's dealing with your life. But here we see that bride, Rebecca, came out. There was things that she had to leave. Listen, friends, I know there's some great battles. You know, sometimes, I'll just be honest, sometimes when we're speaking to people, find it difficult because you don't want to come across judgmental, too hard, and you have all those things going on in the back of your head as, you, as you're bringing people to God's word and saying, look, this is not my opinion. And I wish at a younger Christian age that someone would have sat me down and said, now here, son, here's the word of the Lord. It's not my opinion, but here's what God said. Here's the way of blessing. Here's the way of victory. Here's the way to overcome. Here's the way to, to flee temptation. Here's the way to live a life victorious in Jesus. Here's how you do it. It's not the opinion of the church. It's not the opinion of a pastor or anybody else in this room. It's what God's word says. Friends, this morning we've watched and seen too many shipwrecks. I tell you, you're looking at a shipwreck only for the mercy of God. But there's a way that seems right unto a man. And your emotions and your feelings can all, can all lead you that way. And then know what we do. This is the worst thing that we do. But we've heard it too many times. Then we say at the end of it, but we believe it's God. And it's contrary to everything of what he says. And you stand there and you go, but God doesn't say that. God, you plead because you know the end thereof is death. What happens, friends? You love, you encourage, but too many times you see the shipwreck. Rebecca came out. She came out. She knew what it was to come out and to live that life for the Lord. Doesn't really matter what the church have made it. Doesn't really matter what all the broken cisterns are doing. Doesn't really matter what men have done by hewing out the well. But friend, this morning what matters is what God says. And here she comes. Here's a divine appointment. Here's something wonderful. Here she comes as he says, I'll meet her at the well. She's coming out because she's coming back to the place of refreshment. Spirit of God will bring refreshment to a soul that says, as for me and my house, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to live for him. Now you see the servant of the house is going to prepare the bride to leave the home of her father or mother and come to meet his master's son. In verse 22, in verse 22 of chapter 24, it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel, shekel of weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold. The elder servant begins to bestow upon this bride the gifts to make her ready for this great encounter, that encounter with Isaac. Friends, listen to me this morning. The Holy Ghost's desire is to bestow the body of Christ with the gifts to make the body ready for this glorious meeting. To bestow upon her 
all the gifts and the graces of what she needs in preparation for this wonderful encounter. The elder servant begins to bestow upon her those great gifts. In verse 27, Genesis 24, when he's in that house of Rebekah, this is what he says, one of those great verses that we know well. He said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and of his truth. Then he says these words, Listen, I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. How many people want to be led? Led of the Spirit of God. I tell you, friends, we need to be led. We need to be led. We're making too many massive decisions. Decisions for who we're going to marry, what business we're going to be involved in, where we're going to live. I want to tell you, friend, this morning, I want to be led. I'm already married. It's not to get married. I'm married 23 years this Friday, and I thank God for a godly wife. I thank God that he led me to a spiritual woman, to a praying woman. God will lead us, friends. You don't want another Ishmael. Being in the way, the Lord led us. Has the Lord led you? Are you being led of the Lord? No, are you being led of the Lord? If it is, it will never contradict this book, ever. No matter what the church, it's never going to contradict this, ever. I being in the way. The Lord's led me. Since we need to be led. Too many good ideas. Too many Ishmael's. There's too few God ideas. But we need God's heart. And now the servant stands in the house of Rebecca. And I'm coming to a close in a minute. But I want to tell you. I want to tell you where I believe we are in time. It's what I believe. But I want to show you where I believe we are in time. When Jesus ascended that day of the Mount of Olives and those disciples are looking up and that voice comes and says, this same Jesus, the same Jesus is going to return in like fashion. I want to tell you where I believe we are. I believe we're like standing in the living room of Rebecca's house. I believe we're at that moment. It's evening time. The bride is being made ready. The gifts are going to be poured out in a greater measure in the body of Christ globally. The remnant are going to be drawn from the wells of salvation, the fountain of living waters. And here the elder servant is standing as a type of the Holy Ghost in the house of Rebecca. And now it's time to go. Are you hearing? That's how close we are. It's time to leave. In verse 55 of the reading in chapter 24, when we move down, sorry, verse 53, we see here the servant then as they're about to leave, we know it's, it's departure time. In verse 53, the servant then brings more jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment. Here, as they're about to leave, look what he does. He begins to pour onto her all these gifts Jewels, silver, gold, and raiment. He makes the bride ready. And he gives them to Rebecca. Verse 55. 
It says there, and the brother and her mother said, she's about to go. And they said, let the damsel abide with us a few days, even 10 or at least 10. And after that, she's going to go. Now listen carefully, friend. Coming to a close in a few moments. The church is about to leave. No, we're, we're leaving. We're leaving this earth. We're, we're going to meet the Lord in the earth. This is, this is wonderful. This is the greatest news for the church because we are leaving this earth. We're going home to be with Jesus. But I tell you what's happening now more than ever that's happening because the Bible also tells us this, that in the last days, that day will not come except there be what? A fallen away. Isn't it real? Have we witnessed, especially in the country like ours, have we not witnessed in a generation? Many people know a backslider. Put your hand up if you know a backslider. Many people know more than one. The country's filled with people who have fallen away. Do you know what's happening? Listen carefully what's happening. Listen carefully what's happening. There are many voices in this world that are speaking to that bride and saying, stay with us. Don't leave yet. There's voices that are drawing young people into the world saying, listen, leave that old church stuff. You don't need that. Let's go and enjoy ourselves. Let's go into the world. Actually, listen, see that old-fashioned stuff. You don't need that anymore. You can just have both. You can live in the world. You can live in the church. Everything's fine. But there's a lot of voices saying, just stay a wee while longer. I told the story before and I'll tell it again. It's a true story. I remember standing in that prison in Zimbabwe all those years ago. And as we preached the gospel and the power of God came down in a mighty way. And those women, maybe about 400 of them all sitting on the floor, and we made the appeal for those to come forward. It was a five-minute gospel max. And as those women, I don't know how many, but there were many that stood up, began to weep. The tears are rolling down their face. They begin to repent. They want to give their lives to Jesus. I, I tell you, I always say this. I know how it was real, and it was the Spirit of God. The prison officers all down the side, standing with their rifles. The tears are running down their faces too. And the power of God comes into that room. And they begin to weep and cry out to God. And God was moving in a mighty way. But in that wee prison, they had a wee, they had a wee choir. There was about seven of them. And they all jumped up onto their feet as there was a weeping. And they sang a song. And they said, we're going on the glory land. If you're not going... Don't hinder me. Don't hinder me. Let, let her stay. Let her, let, her, let her hang back. She doesn't have to be separated. She doesn't have to live. It hasn't to be. You don't have to burn your bridges. You don't have to go all out for God. You don't have to take up your cross and follow Jesus. You don't have to do those things. There's a new gospel. But it hasn't got an old cross. They want all the gifts. Want all the gifts. But they don't want the cross. Let her abide a few days. And he said unto them, the Holy Ghost, 
the elder servant, is what he said, hinder me not. Seeing the Lord has prospered my way, send me away that I might go to my master because his son deserves a bride. As I'm closing this morning, hinder me not. Hinder me not. Hinder me not. Hindrances Hindrances to the moving of the Spirit of God. A hindrance is a thing that provides resistance. Listen to me this morning. It's a thing that provides resistance. Resistance to the Holy Ghost. Things that cause the Holy Spirit to be resisted. Things that provide delay or obstruction to something or someone, that's a hindrance. That's a hindrance. Now listen, friends. The bride has made herself ready. I tell you, I won't be ready. No, I do really want to be ready. But let me talk about hindrances for a moment. Hindrances. You see, on the surface, all can be fine. But the heart is a completely different area altogether. The undercurrent of resistance to the will and the purpose of God is manifested all in the works of the flesh. Those works of the flesh will hinder the Spirit of God. Pride in our hearts, unforgiveness, hearts that have resentment towards one another, things in our lives, things that we don't feel we need to get right because nobody will tell me. All those hindrances that cause the Spirit of God to be grieved and resist the moving of the Spirit of God. Relationships that aren't right, ungodly relationships that we keep hold of things in our lives, sins that we can't speak of, but sins that hinder us and hold us in a place of defeat. Hinder me not. Hinder me not, the Spirit of God says. Don't hinder me in my house. I'm preparing a bride for the Son, but don't hinder me. Verse 55, the brother and the mother said, well, listen, let the damsel abide with us a few days, at least ten. The Spirit of God says, don't hinder me. In verse 57, look what it says. We'll call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Will you go with this man? Here's the question. And the challenge, I suppose, at the end of this meeting this morning. The elder servant, the Holy Ghost, calls her in. All the voices, all the things going on in the head and the heart, all the pools of this world, all the stuff that goes on, all the battles of the heart, things that haven't been dealt with, things that are all there. And there's a voice that comes, will you go with this man? Do you know what he's saying? 
Will you go with Jesus? That's what it's all about. Will you go with him? But it seems a narrow way it is. It seems difficult. Oh, narrow the way, but it leads to eternal life, friend. But the cross seems too heavy. Will you go with this man? Here's Rebecca. See her standing there. Her mother, her brother, all the voices going on. The servant, she's only met him. She's only met the Holy Ghost. Here he's standing. He's bestowed the gifts upon her silver, gold, and raiment, earrings, and bracelets. And he says, she says, will you go with this man? Will you go all the way with Jesus? Come on, will you go all the way with Jesus? That's what he's saying. Will you just go with him? Know what she says? I'll go. I'll go. Will you go? Will you go, Alex? I'll go. Praise the Lord. Will you go? No rough the way. No hard the fight. I'll go. No, we have to get things sorted, things right. I'll go. No, I have to get this heart sorted out. Praise the Lord, he's given us the Holy Ghost to do it. Though we have to make decisions that might seem so difficult, though we might have to humble ourselves and say, my heart hasn't been right in this church. Listen, I've been resenting everything that's been going on, but see this morning, I'm going to go with this man, this man, not this man, this man. I'm going to go. You know what happens? We'll look at it next week, but I tell you, what a glorious encounter is coming. What a glorious moment is about to take place. I'm going to meet him. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him. Friends, this is going to happen. Is there hindrances? Is there things? I want to tell you about the grace of God. I know it in my life. Nicky will tell you, I know it in my life. I thank God for God's grace. See, when I say, I'll go. Then all the graces of God and all the mercy of God begins to flood in and he enables you to do what you think you can't do in the natural. That's what grace is, by the way. Enabling you to do things that you can't think you can do. God's grace is amazing. Let me ask you a question. I want to make an appeal this morning. I feel this is off the Lord. There's a question to your heart. You know if God's dealing with you and his mercy and his grace. But here's the question. No matter how hard it is, and the hindrances that are there, the things that you need to put right, here's the question. Will you go with this man? That's the question. Will you go with this man, Jesus? If you'll go with him this morning, friend, I'm going to tell you something. Being in the way, the Lord's going to lead you. Amen. He'll lead you. In the green pastures, he'll lead you beside still waters. He'll restore your soul, and surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. If you've got to make a choice today, I want to go with this man. Burn your bridges and say it's all for him. This is the way I'm going. Will you go with this man? Will you go with this man? I'm laboring this point because I know it's the Holy Ghost. Will you go with this man? Will you cling on to this world and the voices, the texts, the stuff, the Facebook, the this, that, and the other? 
all drawing you away, trying to get you to stay. I want to tell you, friend, there's victory in Jesus. Amen. You know where it is at? At the cross. Amen. When we bow down and say, I'll go with this man. Yes. I'll go with him. Let's bow in prayer for a moment.